When Freya Bromley first discovered tidal pools, she was dealing with the turmoil of grief. Those patches of calm water surrounded by volatile seas felt like places of refuge. From a single experience came a mission to swim every tidal pool in Britain. But while she originally went looking for healing, she found so much more. I always bring a swimsuit now. Me and my friend went to Stonehenge for solstice, which was a lovely trip. And we brought a swimsuit and on the way found somewhere to stop in and have a swim in a river. It's nice being able to be spontaneous like that. I'm Chris from Canopy and Stars, and this is A Life More Wild. Join Freya now for a dip in Margate's two tidal pools and a discussion of connection, community and underwater screaming on the walk between the two. think, why is this my, my hobby? I'm not one of those people that jump straight in. But I think something good about swimming is that you always feel very courageous after. I feel like my relationship with myself has changed a lot since I became a swimmer because I feel like I'm quite a brave person. There's something good about getting in the water and every time feeling like you've achieved something. And that initial moment of discomfort is always replaced by an amazing feeling after. You always feel uh, better after a swim. Yeah, so Margate has two tidal pools. We're currently at Marine Terrace and we're going to walk around the beach uh, past Turner Contemporary Gallery uh, along the seaside front there where there's kind of a sheltered pathway and about 30 minutes to the second tidal pool, which is Walpole Bay. And Walpole Bay is actually Britain's largest tidal pool. It's huge, has this amazing concrete structure around it to kind of pen you into the sea. And it's such a beautiful swim because however stormy or wild the sea is, you're protected. So I think for many people that feel like the sea can be quite a scary place, which it is, you're in somewhere that can feel quite still and it's amazing to be close to the elements like that while you're in this kind of safe haven. Uh, and on that walk, we're going to go on path, but also the sand, also the beach. There's lots of people here enjoying the sea today, even though it's a cloudy day. And I really love that. I think that's something that's always been really nice to me about swimming is that swimming is full of people that are out in nature, whatever the weather, trying to do something to make themselves feel well to brighten their day a little bit. It's quite a grey day but not too far in the distance there's a strip of clear almost yellow sky. The, the weather seems to move quite quickly here so it's a nice space to spend a few hours especially after a swim. You might be putting on your socks while it's raining and then in not too long the sun can come out. I guess that's a beautiful thing about being on the coast is being exposed to the elements. Some days when you're here, it's so blue and so clear, but when you look out, you kind of almost can't tell where the sea begins and where the sky ends. 
and today that's kind of the same but for a different reason because it's so grey but you get an amazing view here it seems almost infinite sometimes almost the illusion that the the boats and the ferries in the distance are almost floating kind of above the water children crabbing and they've got some nets and reeling in what looks like a big catch. I used to do crabbing, rock pooling, a lot of that when I was younger, I guess like most of us. And I think that's one of the nice things about being by the sea is it connects you to something very childlike. It's often a place to be playful, have a splash around, play games. I think especially for me after grief that felt quite important, felt like quite a serious person for a long time and being in the sea is a little bit of an antidote to that, so return to something more innocent. I'd been looking for a swim that wasn't too far from London and stumbled across Tidalpool, Margate. So we got on the train, came here, and not far from the station was Marine Terrace Tidalpool. And it's an old boating pool, so it's quite shallow, but if anything, that kind of makes it more fun because you get in and you have a paddle and you get that rush of cold water. And we had a lovely day, came home, didn't really think much of it until I saw a photo online of Walpole Bay, Tidal Pool, Margate. And it was huge. And I thought that definitely wasn't where we swam. So I realized that Margate has not one, but two tidal pools. And the first time we'd come here, uh, we'd swam in the wrong one. Uh, so some people here call that first tidal pool Marine Terrace or just uh, Locals Pond or the Boating Pool. But between, between the two, about a 30-minute walk. So I've always felt very envious that Margate have not one, but two tidal pools. Also, I think the thrill of arriving on that first day, maybe I wouldn't have even bothered to have swam in that first one if we'd not accidentally stumbled across it. So I went on a journey over a year trying to swim in every tidal pool in Britain with my best friend and I wrote a book about that adventure and lots of them we found quite easily online, lots of them seemed to be hiding so I spent a lot of time on Google Maps satellite view just going around the coast in different parts of the UK trying to see if I could find any and I guess it was kind of ironic that a big part of why I was so drawn to swimming was it was a way to keep me off my phone, off my computer, be outdoors, be in the elements, be with nature. But then really what connected me a lot to different people and to swimming was research online. So I found huge amounts of information on Facebook groups or on Instagram. People would message me and say, have you been to this one on the west coast of Scotland or in this one in Dumfries? And that kind of community felt really positive. I think social media gets a bit of a reputation as maybe not always being very helpful, but actually... I met lots of amazing kind people and when I was traveling we'd often meet up and it was a fantastic way to meet strangers. So I swam in 36 tidal pools all around the UK and it became less about collecting these pools or historic information about them but more of meeting people and feeling welcomed into their communities and I suppose really the thing that was the same in all of them is that 
people swim for a reason. I remember somebody at Clevedon Marine Lake in Bristol had said to me, everyone has a story, everyone has a story for why they swim. And for me, I'd started swimming after my brother Tom had died and it was kind of the only thing that gave me any peace at that time was the water. And maybe actually looking back, it was also, maybe probably also that lots of swimmers often tend to be women. And when I'd started swimming, I'd been swimming at the ladies pond in Hampstead Heath. I maybe kind of needed that maternal hug, that sense of being encased in a community or there being people that were looking out for me. And I think that was the same for lots of people I met. Everybody was swimming because they'd had a breakup or a divorce or they'd lost someone or they had a mental health issue they were struggling with. And I think that became quite nice because when you're at the poolside and somebody offers you, you know, a sip from their flask of coffee or they press their hot water bottle against you or offer you their towel, they're really saying, I'm out here too, I'm trying to make the best of things. And whether it's raining or it's windy, I'm out and I'm doing this thing that's good for me and I can see that you are too. Or maybe they're just swimming, maybe that's the, read- the writer in me searching for meaning in everything where there isn't, but that's what I've kind of taken it to mean and that's been very special to me. I've met a lot of people that have said swimming saved their life and I really do, uh, really do believe that. starting to rain now kind of light mist and so the horizon's blurring a bit but it makes everything feel quite romantic I think that was also a nice thing about meeting my partner at first he was probably one of the first people that when we started dating our dates weren't always in pubs or restaurants or to do with drinking or being out they were walks or going for swims or being outside that was always a nice way to fall in love when you first get in the water it's so bracingly cold that it really just takes your breath away and I think that's the moment where a lot of people panic because it can just feel so incredibly shocking it really grips you I often feel it at the back of my neck as well this kind of tensing at first But if you push past that for just a moment, like a deep exhale is really all it takes, then you reach this amazing calm, this total clarity. Because while your body's getting used to the water and the temperature, everything else just melts away. It's kind of like an anesthetic. It's so numbing. You just reach this absolute calm. And if you're somebody that has a very busy mind, you're always thinking about things, which I guess is just all of us, that kind of clarity I've never found another way to have that kind of same sensation. It's totally addictive. I don't know if it's all people or maybe particularly British people, but it can be a bit hard to show emotions sometimes. And I think especially emotions that we deem bad or ugly, like guilt or anger or grief. And I certainly felt like I couldn't express them for a long time. So they were all just kind of trapped inside me. And I think there's something about the intensity of cold water that felt like it somehow matched all of these feelings inside me. It was somehow the only way I could compare grief. And it was also one of the only ways that I could maybe be close to expressing anger. I'm not sure that we really know how to do that. I remember when I first met my partner, we'd been on a few dates and we'd gone to the Hampstead Ponds. And he said, sometimes, 
I put my head underwater and kind of scream as loud as I can and no one can hear. And at the time I thought that was crazy. And maybe I did think it was crazy because I just thought, well, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to be angry. You're not supposed to scream. And I recommend that to people all the time now. I think if there's something inside you, being able to go outside on a windy, blustery day and put your head under into freezing cold water and scream, we all need a bit of that. Seagulls here have the beach, this part of the beach to themselves today. All the families are down near the train station. I've had a few friends that have said to me, oh, I'm not very confident with swimming. I find it quite scary. And I think that's fair. The sea is terrifying. Riptides and currents and, you know, it can be really dangerous. Whereas a tidal pool, you're completely secluded. You're safe. You've got these boundaries on the side so you can experience something as intense as the sea, but you're protected. And I think maybe looking back on my journey going to visit, or maybe kind of obsession going to visit all these tidal pools, probably subconsciously that was why I was so drawn to them because grief was this feeling that felt like it might sweep me away at any moment, it felt completely unbounded. And then suddenly there was a way to dip my toes in for it to feel like it was contained somehow. And I think I guess I've really learned that is that, you know, if you start crying, if you start feeling an emotion, it is going to stop eventually. I sometimes worried if I met my grief, what would happen if I ever wouldn't come back from that place? And you do, there's always edges, there's always a limit to these things. I suppose that's always felt like there's been quite a lot of symmetry there with that and the sea, for me especially. And even now, just looking at the wall, where the tide, it's such a clear boundary, covered in seaweed and algae. But then when it slips into the sea, it's completely gone, the edges are so blurred. To our right, there's kind of a frozen wave of green as all of the seaweed is kind of washed up into a little mound that crests the beach. And it's quite mushy and also quite stinky. I think that's a really important part of swimming is being able to swim in the waters around you where you grow up, where your parents grew up. I met people on the east coast of Scotland in a pool called the Trinky. And a woman there was teaching her granddaughters to swim. And she said that her grandmother before there taught her how to swim there. And there's this sense of people passing something on, a connection to, to the place around them. And I think as well, it's really important to remember that these places belong to us. The sea, the tidal pools, they're part of a shared history and a part of shared community, which I think is so important. I think a lot of people connected to that again in lockdown, which has been something really special. When I was uh, finishing up the book, I did have a period of real stress where people would message me on Instagram and say, oh, I found another tidal pool. And my year of this challenge I'd set myself to swim in all of them was, was running out. And really I kind of, maybe this is a bit of a plot spoiler for the book, but you know, I couldn't swim in all of them. I kept finding more. And also I guess I realized that that wasn't what the challenge 
was about, especially because maybe I'd set out to do this thing, to keep swimming, to swim in all these tidal pools and hope that if I did this thing that was making me feel better, I might reach some kind of feeling that felt like being fixed or moving on or finishing grief or feeling feeling not sad all the time and I guess by the end I realised that that wasn't going to happen grief is something that you live with forever the journey continues and I guess that was kind of like my journey with tidal pools I'm still finding more people still reach out to me and say hey have you been here and I say no I haven't (laughs) I'd love to go tell me more and I'm more content with that now I'm more okay I'm more at peace with that I'm more at peace that it continues. We're here, we're approaching Walpole Bay. The tide is out to reveal these amazing kind of seaweed covered walls. And the water inside the pool is incredibly still. There's two figures in the distance walking along the wall, having a nice stroll. And there's one person climbing down the metal ladder. Looks like they're hesitating a bit before they get in, which is always me. I'm definitely not someone that dives in straight away. (laughs) I'm a bit of a coward every time. And there's one person in some swimming trunks striding confidently across the beach. So my bet is he's gonna get in straight away. If Freya's story has struck a chord with you, then remember that whatever you're struggling with, a change of space can help. But before you go running out for a splash and a scream, let me just tell you about where you're heading in our next episode. You'll be out for an evening walk with astrophysicist Dr. Becky Smithhurst to do a little stargazing, talk supermassive black holes, and get the ultimate sense of perspective. Remember, if you haven't already, to give us a follow on your podcast app so you'll know when each episode comes out. Rate us, review us, tell your friends about the podcast, and check out at Canopy and Styles on Instagram to see footage and photos from our days out recordings.